could be like me where when I was in coffee with Tom and I, there was something upset in the relationship with Je- my relationship with Jesus and um, maybe you could think about in this time flipping that and really seeing what God's working, how God is working through that situation or you could be just thinking about um, how, how much you can just let it be spiritual. You, just, you could be just waiting on God for, for him to say something or give you an image or um, speak to you through scripture. Um, let's like let's go deeper in this communion. Let's go deeper. Let's go past the surface level of here's the emblems. Here's what they mean. Let's go past that because I think yeah, I think it's important to make its communion spiritual and really real and a vital part of our relationship. I didn't ask, like really understand what it was. 
I got that out of save and I had something in me, but I didn't understand. So I always was like, hmm, didn't really tell anyone. I don't think I told anyone in primary school, I just kept it to myself. Um, and also, I grew up being bullied. I was bullied in primary school. Um, the school didn't help me. I didn't really know I was being bullied because I grew up and I just thought that's how we treated each other. Um, so yeah, so in year seven and eight, every day I would come to school and I was very desperate for a best friend because I wanted a real friend. I never had a real friend or a real person to go and talk to that was my age, that understood me. Um, so every day I'd come to school and I found this girl. Um, I thought she was nice, I was wrong, very wrong. Um, so she would bully me every day and just yell at me. I had no idea what I had done or why she didn't like me. She just would bully me every day. And halfway through year eight, I was still with this girl and I decided this isn't healthy, I have to move, I have to find some new friends. So I went to this popular group, bad decision, <laughs> um, and I felt I was okay there for the beginning because like they were new, so I was like figuring out who they were. Um, they weren't very nice. Um, they would invite me to things and then give me a text message that morning, being like, you can't come, we don't want you, you can't fit in the car, um, we don't have enough food, like random excuses saying I couldn't come. Um, I was being constantly bullied since primary school. I hadn't had anyone and I drifted away from God. Um, so I fell into depression. And I was in depression for a couple of months and I self-harmed. Um, and the next day, we have this thing at school, school called PBS. And I don't know what it stands for, but it's <laughs> some random system our school has. And every fortnight, one Thursday morning, we're in Oracle and you have to do some task. And this particular day, right after I had self-harmed, we had to write a letter to your future self. And subconsciously, I had written in the letter that I had self-harmed. And the school, um, my Roko teacher read our letters. I was not 100% pleased with that at the beginning, but some of the school found out, and for a constant day, I was dragged up to the office and then back down to class, up and down, up and down. And it was only for that day that they decided to help me, because after I never got to go to counseling, um, they never figured out, like, that I was being bullied. They just, for that day, they did all the legal stuff that they were required to do and left me. And so I continued to stay with this group. And it was around this time, a couple of weeks after, um, Emily Christensen invited me to youth because we had a lunch and someone says like, you can sit with the kids, you can sit with the youth. And I was like, I said, I'll sit with the youth. And I always felt like I couldn't go to youth because I was so small and I felt like I was really young. But everyone else is like the same age around me. I just felt really small, like I wouldn't fit in. I fit in pretty well. Um, and so I went to youth that the next Friday. Um, first youth, I was like, what's going on? What's community news? Why are you guys dancing like this? <laughs> You're not very good at dancing, okay. Um, do your thing, I'll just not look at you. Um, and so I could not stop smiling that whole youth night doing games, just anything would make me smile. And I felt very happy and felt like I had found something. Um, the second week I came and I walked through the front doors and the Holy Spirit just lit up in me again. And I felt very happy 
and the church started to feel like family, and I felt very comfortable, and I was prepared to help out the church in kitchen and in kids' church. I was prepared to do all this, and I felt like I had found something, and I felt like I had found a home. Um, so, year nine, I was like, obviously this friend group isn't working out for me, so let's move to another friend group. There were these three lovely girls, um, and they were my first real friend group, and they taught me how you treat people and what real friends are meant to do. Because anything, um, if I had a bad day or I was upset for one moment, they would be right by my side and they would make sure that I was okay. And um, I was with them for the rest of year nine and I was very happy and I was with them for a term of year 10, but I went to the Philippines, which was amazing. It was so amazing, I love that place so much. Um, but I missed a week of turn two. And I came back to find the girl that was bullied me in year seven and eight to be sitting with my friends. And this girl is very unhealthy and she's not very nice to be around. Um, but she was sitting with my friends and they were my first real friends and I was very protective of them and I was like, you just go away. Like, leave my friends alone. Don't call them anything because like, you already have done enough to everyone, like, don't do this. Um, but my friends didn't want to listen to what I had to say, because I did not speak about how she bullied me in your certain days. Um, they didn't want to listen to what I had to say about her, and um, I lost them. They decided to be friends with her, and so I was... I was angry and upset with God because I was like, you gave me this amazing friend group and you just took them away like that. I was like, how did you do that? Um, so I continued to come to youth group and worship music really found me then. And I felt very happy and I would dance along, look like an idiot with the rest of the group now. Um, and I felt very happy and about music worship but for me it was very powerful. And I enjoyed listening to it. I found so many songs on like iTunes and everything, and I would just listen to it constantly. Um, and I had lost my first friend group, and I met this girl. Um, and for a while, we seemed to be hitting it off very well. And I was like, yes, I found my best friend. No. Um, <laughs> she. We were okay for a month or two, but then she started becoming very toxic. And she would use me for her own purposes. I did so many dumb things for her because I was determined not to be lonely again and not have a person to talk to. Um, I did so many dumb things and I lost a lot of people's trust because of it. Um, and I had a very, have a very good friend now, and her name is Bridie. She's come to youth before. I've dragged her along. Um, but she just goes, she points out, she, I hadn't noticed everything that this girl was like making me do and telling me it was a great idea to do. And um, this girl, Bridie, she just goes, stop, like look. And she pointed everything out that this girl was doing that was toxic. And so you just have to cut her out of your life now. And I said, okay, I blocked her on every social media. I, I had to pay her back money, I paid her back money and I just stopped talking to her. Um, and I felt happy again, but again, I didn't have a friend group. So I am now am planning to stay there for the rest of my school years with um, this good group of people. Um, I 
was the only Christian there when I got there. And when I was losing my other friend group, I started becoming very open at school that I was a Christian. And I just did. I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I just did. Because when someone would be like, do you want to come and party? And I would be like, nah, not my scene. Don't want to go. And they are like, why? I'm like, oh, I'm a Christian. I have a youth group. Like, I'm not going to come. Um, so, and I was part of this group. And there was one girl there. And one morning, well, we had Sunday here. We had a guest speaker. And he had a word for me that I should start a Bible study at school. Um, so that Monday morning, I raced to the office. I grabbed one of my good, I had made like a good friend, and I drove to the office. And she stood there. She had no idea what I was doing. I went straight to the deputy principal, and the principal was there. And I was like, "Can I start a Bible study? It's going to be all girls, and it's going to be on Friday at lunch." And um, they were like, "Yeah, okay. There used to be a Bible study, but that just ended, so you can start one." And I was like, "Okay." And that Friday, I had my first lesson. And I had about four girls, and it wasn't that many, and I was like, okay. And then the next week, I had around 15 girls turn up. They bought their friends, and then their friends were friends. Like, everyone just came in. I had that toxic girl that I just had to cut out of my life. She came, and she sits there, and I look at her going, why are you? I'm like, okay. And she... I've actually prayed for her that I have, because my Bible study's been pretty big, I have three girls who helped me run it. And I gathered them and we prayed for her because I could tell in my Bible study that she was spiritually unsettled. So I got my group to pray for her. I have no idea how she's doing because I just don't want to talk to her. But um, the rest of my, my helpers are good friends with her, so they're letting me know what's going on with her. But um, she's okay. And I have a good friend group, and um, every now and again, my friend group has little spit-ups, but we always manage to dissolve them. And I see now why God um, let me be bullied in primary school, let me be bullied in high school, let me have a toxic friend, let me like lose my friend group, because if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have a testimony to share. And I wouldn't be so strong in Christ. And I wouldn't know who I was. And because that building, it kind of, it basically built me and who I am. And I'm very happy now. I run a Bible study. I have a good group of friends. Um, I let toxic people in my life go. And I'm very happy now. That's all. So you would say that through worship, it really ignited that. Um, relationship and that connection with God it sort of helped you through those really hard times. It's so powerful, it's so good. Next we have Nathan. Now Nathan is an amazing, handsome young man just like me. Um, and he's just recently called uh, Highlands Christian Church home and so he's been coming to you and uh, it's just an amazing opportunity. Uh, so, hello everybody. Uh, as you know, my name is Nathan, and I just thought I'd give a little introduction about myself because I'm very new to this church, and you know I've been going to Tom Bell's Youth now for the last year, and so I don't know. I guess I come from down the other way, so not from the Highlands. I come originally from Campbelltown area, and um, and now just recently Felmere area, and we've got a block down in Buxton which we're building. So that's been an interesting journey 
on its own, but that's another story. And um, yeah, just a little bit about me. Uh, so I was raised in a Christian home uh, all my life, brought up in that loving, caring, nurturing environment by my mom and dad. And, you know, my uh, brother always came along eventually. And, um, yeah, it, just, it had its ups and, of course, its downs. And, um, yeah, as I was growing up, I always felt that love that Jesus had um, through my parents and, and my brother as well. And, um, as, yeah. I remember reading my children's Bible every night, you know, a little children's book, and um, you know, having my mum and dad tuck me in at night, say a little prayer. Very, very encouraging thing to grow up into. And you know, I know that not everybody has that as they grow up, so I'm very fortunate when I look back on it and I think about that. And I'm just thankful to God for that. And, um, but yeah, I, I never knew that love on my own, if that makes sense. So I didn't fully understand it. I just I knew it was there, but I didn't really have it on my own. And so you know, I only really started to discover who God is to me when all these trials and storms started coming my way. And the um, first, first instance to be... <clears throat> when I was about you know, nine, ten years old, uh, my dad, uh, good man, good man, uh, he was made redundant from his job that he worked uh, so long at, and hard work, and they just, you know, I guess they underappreciated him and they had to let him go, and um, yeah, it, just, it meant that a lot of financial difficulties were would be on their way for us as a family. And, um, you know, it just, it just meant that um, we had to put all our trust in God, which when you're growing up is very difficult to do when you don't fully understand that. And, um, yeah, it, it just had, you know, those questions going in the back of your head, I guess. But if I fully trust God, will he provide for us? Or, you know, will we go broke? Stuff like that. And um, for me, that meant that I had to suddenly stop uh, going to the school that I'd been going to, you know, that I'd grown up in as well, uh, for about five years. And so it was all really a, like a time of change. And um, change is always sudden, as I've found out uh, through my walk. <clears throat> but, you know, that meant saying goodbye to friends. <laughs> And um, you know my favourite teachers, I guess. And um, <clears throat> but during that time, uh, when I look back on it now and I think about it, it um, it showed me uh, Father God as a provider. Because even though my dad may have lost his job, uh, he it wasn't soon, wasn't too long afterwards that a friend from church, a good friend of my dad's, uh, offered him a job. He was the boss there, so. He, um, yeah, he offered him a job, and then my dad worked there for a fair few years, doing more hard work, <laughs> and uh, until he, until God made him change his direction in work, and uh, he's in a different career entirely. Uh, shows 
yeah, to me, that God provides uh, for us, especially. <coughs> and um, and then for me as well, because uh, I had to change schools, uh, God then, when we put our trust in Him, God found me a new school as well. And uh, I went there for about two years until it closed down, Pope Christian School, but I made good friends along the way, had fun times uh, learning. And um, yeah, it, um, I actually made friends on the very first day, which was, you know, I'm a, I'm a very shy person, I'm not outgoing, so making friends on the first day was a bit surprising to me. I was like, oh, okay. And um, yeah, it just, yeah, I knew God then as a providing father for me, especially. And um, yeah, next trial. Uh, so it came my way, uh, came my family's way. Wasn't for a fair few years after that uh, when my grandparents, my nana and papa, uh, so they'd be on my mom's side, uh, they came bursting through the door. <laughs> uh, yeah, they came bursting through the door on uh, Boxing Day, uh, 2013. So not too long ago now, but um. Yeah, they're just yelling and screaming at my parents. And um, I thought, goodness, Christmas dinner couldn't have been that bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, I found out later that my cousin who was living with them since she was very little, about you know, two years old, uh, for other reasons, uh, she'd actually gone to the police uh, with horrible accusations of just against me. And... Um, I was really close to her. I'd go over there almost every week. We just were basically like brother and sister. So I heard her go and say things that she did about me. It was very shocking. I I was only you know I was nearly fourteen at the time. It was um, it sent me on a new path, a new journey of discovering God again. I thought, why would you say this to me? Or like, why would you say this about me? So it just it brought about it confusion and um, yeah it just because I would never begin to think of things that she had accused me of and um, yeah I, like I'd only just seen her the night before at the Christmas party and to me everything seemed fine but I guess you never really know what's going on sometimes and um, from that day on um, it brought my family closer uh, through those next few years. Uh, yeah, it, it put us on a journey of isolation and excommunication, you know, for lack of better words, from our family. We thought we were so close to them when we weren't. And, um, you know, on my mother's side. And, you know, truth came out later uh, <clears throat> that it turns out it was my grandfather who had been... Uh, doing things that my cousin accused me of, so it, um, yeah, it was a very tough journey for me, especially wondering, uh, all the while wondering to God, why, why did I have to go through this, uh, why did we have to go through this, you know, I never actually did anything, and <laughs> it brings about a lot of questions, but um, in, in the time since then, since all of that, drama and the heartbreak, you know, all that unnecessary 
stuff. Um, I've had to, I still am working on forgiving. You know, it's, I've had to work on forgiveness, uh, forgiving my family, with um, leaving grandpa instead, but um, instead of me, instead of cousin. And um, yeah, rather than seeing the truth instead, it's just, it doesn't make sense sometimes, but what can you do? And um, yeah, basically just, I had to put my trust in God when all of my trust had been broken just then. And yeah, it was, I couldn't trust anybody else <laughs> except my mom and dad, because uh, they were there with me the whole time. And um, yeah, I, I'll admit, I didn't trust God as much as I could have. And as a result of that, it, it um, caused me to become bitter, resentful even to my grandfather, and to my family. And so it's, it's just it's not a good place to be in at that age when you're having everything thrown at you. And then if you eventually meet them down the track, you know, it could be <laughs> not so good. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I'm working, working on it, but I guess I thought, in my head, I thought subconsciously that um, by not forgiving them, it would actually hurt them rather than hurting me, uh, you know, make them pay for doing wrong to us, to, to whoever, you know, it doesn't make sense. And um, so, in reality, the more I chose not to forgive, uh, the more it left me in chains, the more it ate at me and it broke me. And um, yeah, so it, it took some trusting in God for me to get to a place where I could sit down one day and in my heart know that I was ready to forgive. And um, that time in the cameo, uh, in the form of a healing retreat at. Um, Christian ministry called LL. I don't know if many people would have heard of it, but uh, down in an angle, an angle way, and um, that happened just in October last year. And so I received some healing. I sort of decided to finally let God in and do His work in me. And now I'm finally in that place where I'm able to trust again, or you know, work on trusting more and more people. And um, yeah, so. That's what I've been through and you know, with my family together and I'm just, it's the journey I've been on with God. So all of that, it's been a journey of trust and uh, definitely forgiveness. So yeah, that's me. Thank you. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. And next we have Caden, amazing drummer. I'm getting inspiration to get my hair back kids. So. <laughs> Alrighty. Right, I'm going to be honest, I don't know how to start this. <laughs> I, I spent all morning uh, trying to think of a way to open up, you know, with a joke or something, but uh, I'm, I'm not that creative, so I can't think of anything. Um, so I'm just going to get straight into it. So as, when I was younger, I always claimed myself to be a Christian, you know, brought up in a Christian home. I'm Christian, I'm cool, yeah, I take communion. Um, but 
I, I never actually knew what it was. You know, like you'd be, I'd be sitting in the church, and then all of a sudden they start singing. I'm like, oh, oh we're doing this now, yeah. All, all right, uh, arms up. But I, I, I always thought it was just like a set, like a set path. You know, you had to, you had to follow certain rules, and if you did wrong, you were, you're a bad human or you're a bad person. Um, but, but that was obviously all wrong. My, I had my first true encounter of prayer when I was really young, we were down at a campsite in Jaroa. Um, and I had a skateboard and I hated it. It was really annoying because you try to skate on it and then it would just stop instantly. And I asked my parents to get a new one and they're like, no, <laughs> like we, we don't have the money right now. We can't keep a new skateboard. And I'm like, but my wheels are bad. No, no. So I, I, um, they told, my mum told me to pray. So I prayed over it, and they, I was like, yeah, yeah, I still don't have my skateboard. And they were like, no, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. You need to, you need to consistently pray. It can take, like, years for it to come. But I'm like, well, that's what the point of praying then. Oh, I don't to take years. I want it now. So, I, but I listened to them. I kept praying. I trusted them. And... Two weeks or a week later, I can't exactly remember, they found a skateboard that was on special and I got a new skateboard, which was really cool. But I kept, I kept that faith, you know? I kept the faith, even as a kid, to have a new skateboard. As small as it was, I still got it in the end. And it took a while and I lost trust in a few people, but I still, <laughs> I still got it in the end, you know? Um, and then, a few, uh, yeah, it was probably years later, uh, my previous church, like, closed down and stopped, and um, I remember going on a walk, and my mum turns to me and my sister, and she's like, oh, I don't know if you know it, but the church is closing down. And at first, I'm like, okay, you know, cool, because I didn't really have that connection with God, you know, I didn't, like, I didn't really feel it was a big deal. Um... But it, it hit me so hard. Like, literally two days after it stopped, I, I wanted to go back. And I knew it was a weekly thing, but even after two days, I wanted to go back to it. And I knew it would, like, I just felt, oh, it's never going to happen again, you know, it's over. I had friends there that I'm never going to meet again. But um, that changed. We came here after a while, and we settled down. And during that moment of trying to settle into a new church, I prayed about it like I did with that skateboard. I prayed and I kept faith and I tried to stick with that, with that trust in God to eventually find a new church and I had trust in my parents for it. And, and my mom told me a valuable lesson during that moment, which was the, the church isn't the building, it's the people within it, and it's the gathering. I've done, I've done this testimony twice now, and the second time I cried, and think we're doing it. <laughs> right. Um, but then later on, I grew up. My family now. Oh, man, not really. But I, <laughs> I went into high school, and it was, it was a pretty big move. I was pretty um, scared about it at first, and I didn't know what to do. Uh, but I just went with the flow, like I try to do nowadays. And um, it... Depression hit me like a truck. I I did not, like, I heard about stories, you know, people would come into school and they'd be like, you know, I went through a story and 
have depression. I don't really care about it, you know. I was like, okay, cool, you went through depression, at least I don't have to go through it. But I went through it, and I, I realized what all those stories were about. And they, it hit me hard. And it was, it was an absolutely indescribable thing to go through. And, you know, you'd wake up and have no, like, you feel like you have no purpose, you know. Or your only purpose is to eat, sleep, drink, repeat. But, <laughs> but you, didn't, you didn't know what to do, you know. There was no other purpose in life. You know, you earn money and you try to survive. And yeah, I felt like I was alone in every scenario. God, at this point, God was gone, you know. I didn't, I didn't think about him whatsoever. I completely forgot about him. And I felt like no one cared for me at all. Even though I, like, in moments I knew my parents cared for me, I didn't feel like it at all. And I, I had a lot of trust issues with a lot of friends as well, um, which was really sad. Um, but I had things that slowly broke through it, like I heard new songs that were talking about insecurity, which helped that. I had counselling, which helped in a major way. And yeah, so I had small things supporting it, but I never really felt complete. I still had that depression within me. Um, about a year passed over in this state and of just having no purpose. And I went to youth, and this is last year, the very beginning of last year, I went to youth group. And I, we, we did a bunch of games, and I, I always felt happy at youth group. I always felt like there was something for me there. I just didn't know what. It was like the only place I could go where I could feel happy, either that or in my man cave at home. And um, I, I, I was, we were worshipping one moment, you know, like, turn the lights off, start listening to some good old music, and I felt this hand rest on my shoulder, and I'm thinking, oh, Tom, what are you not, No one's there, you know? I'm like, Tom usually does that, like, what, what's, what's going on? And I, then I, I'm, I'm, I literally said out loud, in kind of quiet voice because I didn't want anyone else to hear me, I'm like, what's happening? And I heard a voice saying, do not be scared, just come over here and look at the stars. I was, I was scared. I didn't know what to do. I'm like, go surreal. But I was, I was really scared in that moment. But I, I did what the voice told me to do because I, I didn't want to get hurt. <laughs> so, so I went over, I went over there, the back corner there, and I lied on the ground. And um, I felt like an idiot at the time. I was hoping no one would look at me at all. And, um, uh, and I just sat there and stared at the ceiling, looking at the different lights, being like, oh, yeah, that's kind of like stars. I just looked at them, and that, that song, um, when you walk into the room, everything changes. That literally happened. The whole room shifted into a like this weird environment I've never experienced before. I was like, I was on this hill, grass plains all around me, trees. It was absolutely beautiful, indescribable. Looked into the sky. They were at, like they were stars. They were stars, not lights. Stars. And I, I was, I was extremely scared at this point because I'm like. What did mom give me for dinner last night? <laughs> and, uh, so then uh, I continued and I just sat there staring at the stars and he says, look to the stars, every one of those were made with a purpose through me as well as everything else. 
And that I knew it was him as soon as that was spoken. And so, so I did, I looked at the stars and I forgot about everything else around me, just continued staring at the stars. And similar to a constellation, you know, it makes a picture. It made this verse, Isaiah 43, 2. When you walk past the water, when you walk, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not save your place. And that was a huge kick up of mine. Like, it was the beginning of my life. I had purpose. A few days after that, I, I was going into year nine, and I'm, I picked my subjects, I picked art and photography, and I learned my gifts of art, and I learned that I had, I had a good eye for creativity, unlike my intros to a lot of my speeches, but I had an eye for creativity, and I was able to, to know what what I wanted to do in life. I wanted, like, people would ask questions, oh, what do you want to be when you go, I want to be police officer. No, I don't, I don't want any of that. And I, I just never knew what I wanted to be. And my, then someone asked me, my art teacher actually asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know why she asked the question. I felt it was kind of awkward. Uh, but in the moment, I like, you know, the stereotypical kid thing through was, I want to be an art teacher, just like you. But I seriously did, because I knew my gift. I was like, I, I want to be an art teacher. And I kept, I kept onto that path, and I kept onto that purpose, and every single line I draw on a page is for God. And every, every image in my head, every, every design I come up with, it's all from Him. He gives me all my ideas. Awesome. And that, that all comes down to keeping faith, you know? The skateboard, coming here, getting out of depression, getting through high school, hasn't happened yet, but I'm getting there. <laughs> but doing all of that, finding a friend group, you know, like I, I did lose friends in the process, but I also gained new ones, and I've kept hold of ones that have moved away. And it's, it's all come down to faith. It, it all comes back to faith. I had the smallest amount of faith. I still knew he was there during my depression, but I didn't. I didn't care. I didn't pay attention to him. But I. But I had that tiny bit of faith, and it was still there the whole time. And I. I kept believing that he always comes back in the end. It can take years. It could take months. It could take days. It meant to go up in order, but I went down. Um, <laughs> it could take even a few seconds, but he does come around in the end. And yeah, that's all I have to say. It just comes, it comes back to faith every time. So if you're struggling with anything, or keep, keep at the smallest amount of faith, and you'll still come back in the end. Thank you. Thanks guys, amazing. Just wanna, sorry, we've gone over time just a bit, but I think it is so worth it. It is so good. So good. Each of us, uh, our lives, Mixed with God is a testimony, an opportunity to give Him glory. And testimony in Hebrew means do it again. So God, uh, we hear testimonies, it gives us a glimpse of what God thinks on that actual matter, what He's done. It means He can do it for you. Um, so I encourage us, 
Uh, actually, let's pray. Let's pray first, and then we'll get into it. So, Father, we just Father, thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your heart. Thank you, Lord, for who you are, that you desire a relationship so much, and that we are your hands and feet. And that today we got to hear uh, your amazing journey with these three amazing young people. And I just thank you, Lord, for the future years for them, that every single day is an opportunity for a testimony to give you glory. And I thank you, Lord, for what we can take from it. Holy Spirit, what you've breathed on. We glorify you, God. We thank you, Lord, for today and every day. Amen. I just encourage us in this time. We're going to open up for ministry. Um, if you guys have prayer, if anything that they shared about um, trusting in God, taking faith, you just replace the word faith with trust, and it's trusting in who he is in situations that don't make sense, in really hard times. Um, there's no junior Holy Spirit. God's the same for them as he is for Billy Graham, as he is for the big, the big evangelists. He's the same, same God. So uh, the breakthrough they've experienced is opportunity for you to experience as well. So we're going to put on some music, you can go downstairs, have some coffee, hang out, or if you want, if you would love some prayer, the three of them, Belly and I, and whoever else will all pray for you. But um, love you guys, thank you so much, and you are released.